Yo, what's going on? It is 1 p.m. here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. It's time for another live stream. Today is Tuesday, February 6, 2024. Because it's Tuesday, we're going to pay a little bit of trivia. The marathon trials are just this weekend. So I figured we'd do some um I figured we'd do some trivia about that. And I'm really hungry today, so I have some snacks. Remember how I said I had that thing with the neighbor down the street and he brought over some candy? I found some more of it. And stuff I haven't tried before. Right now, I'm trying cook, crunchy cookie M&Ms. It's all right. There's like a wafer cookies inside the M&M instead of chocolate. It's crunchy and it's nice, but it's like I'm not even eating anything. And I don't know. It's not my favorite, but I'm hungry and it's here. So bear with me. There'll be some munching crunching on the audio today. The other thing that I have is Twix cookie dough. Twix, which I've never had that before either. So we'll try that. So before we get any further and before we start the trivia for today, let's say hi to everyone listening on the audio only version on the podcast. Hopefully you're having a good run. Today was really mild weather here in the Midwest. It's like 40 degrees for my run this morning, which was very nice. But I know a lot of you guys are under atmospheric rivers. I don't really understand what that is, but I think it means a lot of rain. So hopefully you guys are doing okay. I know it, like, it seems silly because it's like, oh, just some water. But I know it could be a really big deal and it could be really dangerous. So hopefully you guys are being safe out there. And for everyone else watching this later but not live, this is the number one place to get running trivia that you can have on in the background while you are listening to the replay and watching the replay of the Marathon Trials race, in case you're doing that. Actually, it's probably not the number one thing to listen to while you're watching the Marathon Trials race. The Probably the best thing to do would be to do CDS Mag one, because I heard they did a really good job. I didn't have a chance to watch it yet, but I heard they did a really good job. I'm not actually going to be talking about the race all that much. I mean, I'll be talking about the race, but not in a, like a play-by-play kind of way. So hope you're having a good time. Hope you're relaxing. You know what's really weird about these country cookie M&Ms? They're all very different sizes. Some of them are small. Some of them are, I don't know if you, you can't see it on camera. Some of them are small. Some of them are gigantic. It's like it's almost as if someone made M like M and M's air quotes fake M and M's at home like they're homemade. Really strange, really strange. But yeah, Kenneth Fab says, "Does your neighbor neighbor work for a candy company?" Yes, he does. <laughs> All right, Sean mm, Devon says, "What is this watch and shirt accessorizing? Do these match?" I don't know. This is the shirt that I just wore on my run today. And this is the Garmin 265. They, I think they're both blue. That's what I think. Um, all right. Matt Byer says, I submitted my TrackMyth PR bonus application from my PR this weekend. 4241 for 10K. All right. Um, for those of you that you don't know, TrackMyth is apparently doing a promotion where if you have gotten a PR, you just submit the results or something to them, they'll send you a $100 gift certificate. Pretty. They said they were sending one to me. I don't know if I got mine yet. I'm not sure. Mm, Rich Dizon says, living in Seattle, I thought I'd be prepared for the atmospheric river, but when it hit, I wasn't ready to get absolutely poured on. Oh boy. If someone from Seattle tells you it's a lot of rain, that's a lot of rain. You know, you know, you know. 
All right, Manor Run says, yo, what's going on, Cope? It's been a while, but Full Circle was locked in. He's in week 52 of the challenge. Uh, oh, week 52 of the challenge is officially the 5K before the Boston Marathon. Man, has it been 52 weeks already? Hmm. Wow. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. Mm, Calvin Pong says, there's a 5K this weekend. Should I sign up? I'm 90% sure I can beat my PR. I said, go for it. Get that $100 in Tracksmith, you know? <laughs> Miguel Tejera says, a new half marathon PR of 145.28 in Super Blast. Nice. He did it on a balmy and sunny morning in Cascais, Portugal. Whoa, that's amazing. And Mark says, you know what? That's normally a hair AC membership benefit. Not sure if I'm eligible since I got it in November. Oh, that's a good that's a good question. My understanding is this new promotion, you do not have to be a hair AC member. I get it. Hopefully I don't have that wrong. Scuba Sun says, Today's my birthday. Yeah! <laughs> Happy birthday, Scuba Sun. I like that sound for birthdays. That's a good birthday sound. And Martha says, you know, I'm hoping to be able to use that track in this voucher in April. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Mm. All right. Jen Runs Triangle says, a little bum. Tracks and PRs don't include 10 milers. Mmm. Charity Blossom is coming up. Are you going this year? That's a good question. I talked to ASICS about it. I've been invited. I just have to make sure it works on my calendar. I have a couple of other things. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. And I got to figure some stuff out. I still don't actually have a bib for London yet, although I'm training for London. So that kind of figures into things a little bit as well. There might be another trip in March that I'm going to go on, which may make the cherry blossom 10 mile difficult. So I got to figure some stuff out. I do love that race, so I just like being in D.C. that time of year. It's good to see you guys. Always that time. And we've been making those Cherry Blossom t-shirts, which are super fun. Although, I didn't get one last year. I got back too late. But, it's always been a lot of fun. Mmm... Chin Runs Triangle says, I heard the Believe in the Run crew is going, so it'll be fun to see you all. Yeah, they've. it's been good to, I think every year that I've gone, they've been there. So it's always good to see them. No, I think there was one, was there one year that, wait, there was one year that I did that they weren't there. Mm, try and think. Yeah, that first year that I went, it was a very small trip. I think Ashley Mateo was there that year. But I met a lot of other like, writing journalists that year. It wasn't so much like a activations kind of year. There wasn't like meetups and stuff. But I don't know. Let's just see. Um, Jewel says, hey, hey, Co, what's going on? What do you typically expect your heart rate to be when running a marathon? 165 to 170-ish? That's what it is for me. I think it's different for different people. 
Um, but that is about where I, I think my um, marathon heart rate is. And then towards the end, the heart rate just gets all wonky. I was looking at Dakota Linworms, Strava, from her race over the weekend. And like her heart rate was like more like mine, which is funny because I give her a hard time because her easy runs are like six minute miles. But her heart rate is easy, you know, heart running effort. Um, and um, her marathon until I don't know if like her heart rate monitor just went crazy towards the end. But the last 10K, her heart rate was like 150. I have been like all over the place, but in like the high 170s for a long time. So I just feel like after a while, either something's going on with our hearts at the end of a marathon or just like the, the heart rate monitor just stops kind of working well. Andre Lebeau says, I received and tried my Puma Deviate Nitro 2 that you suggested for my first half marathon. And I got to say, I love them. Looking forward to that half in October in Quebec City. Well, awesome. I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying them so far. Nice. Uh, I'm, speaking of Dakota Linworm uh, Strava, by the way, don't look at Dakota Linworm Strava today, other than Mark, because it's going to be the subject of a trivia question. But Dakota Strava follower update. She has 3931 39, Strava followers, nearly doubled since the end of the race, where she had 2001 followers. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, hopefully, I haven't reached out to her. Hopefully, I'll be able to get some. I don't, I don't want to. I know she's got like a million interviews right now. So I'll be, I'm going to try to follow up with her maybe in a week and see if she wants to sit down. Um, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely ask her about the Strava following <laughs> if she pays attention to any of that. Um, all right. Should we get to some trivia questions? So the trivia questions for today are going to be about um, the trials. But I think, except for two of them, and even then, you should be able to kind of guess if you know a little bit about American marathoning. Um, but a lot of this stuff is stuff you're going to be able to guess. So um, I'll put a question. It'll go on the bottom of the screen. There's no points, no prizes. But we could see, uh, have some fun conversation. All right. So let's let's go for it. Uh, <laughs> Shannon says, Dakota's boy boyfriend's name is Montana. Hey, go fam. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to the first question. Um, so for the men. To be able to get into the trials, you have to run a 218.00 by gun time or better. Um, but on the actual day of the trials, what place for the men did a 218 result in? Any guesses? And while we're waiting, um, we'll go there. I saw, I thought I saw a shoe question. Oh, Joey Otto says, uh, other than Takumi or Pumas, what are some good tempo, faster shoe you'd recommend for marathon training? Okay. So some one that I think would be really nice would be, uh, in addition to Takumi or Puma, would be the Topo Cyclone 2. That's going to be a really fun one. Some people might put the Rebel in that category as well. A Rebel 2 would certainly fit in that category if you can still find it. Um, the Rebel 3 maybe, but like... You know, I would say like the Tobo Cyclone 2 is definitely something that I would consider. The Hyper Brooks Hyperion or the Hyperion Max, those are, that's another one that you consider as well. All right. So a 218 
A two eighteen would get you Daniel Estrella says seventy fifth. Martha thinks a two eighteen is ninth place. What was what was the winning time? I think the winning time was two oh nine, like just two oh nine, something like that. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Frank thinks two eighteen would get you ninety seventh place. Matt puts it at sixteenth. Uh, the correct answer. Let's see who had the correct. Did anyone have the exact correct answer or without going over? I think. I think TGI Bridays, without looking too much deeper into it, said 41st. A 218 will put you in 42nd place on Saturday, last Saturday. So um, out of 150 finishers, you know, that means a lot of people didn't hit the um, even the standard time to get into the race on the day of the race, which is, I think, common. It's not uncommon for that to happen. Calvin said he was looking at Habtamu Cheney's um, Strava and has hit, hit the high 180s during the marathon. See, I feel like a high 180, I feel like that could either be a young man's hot max heart rate, and Habtamu is pretty young, or it's an error. I could go either way, <laughs> you know? Calvin mm. said Spence had it exactly on the nose at 42. Oh, nice. Mark Peterson was one off. And Louis says, 209.06 was the winning time for the moon. Man. Um, <laughs> Run Ride Coffee says, do you think you'd ever try to hit a 218? There's just no way. I can't do a 218. I can't do 218 pace for a 5K. I don't know, if I, I don't know that I could do it for a two mile. I'm not sure I could do it for one mile. All right. Question number two, same question, but for the women, women needed a 237.00 or faster by chip time. What place would 237.00 get you on last Saturday? Same question, but for the women. Jules thinks 10th. Uh, what was the winning time for the women? My guess was that it was going to be about a 2.23 to be a winning time for the women, given the weather. What would 237, what happened? 237 get you. Mm, hold on, comments. I can't remember, oh man, now there's so many numbers in here. Um, I don't know which one is which. Where's Jules? Frank says, if you ran 237, you would get not on the U.S. employment team. That's true. That's true. I mean, the places don't matter that, that much, you know, because after three or four or maybe even up to five, it all kind of doesn't matter that much. Um, Scuba Sun said 22. Jeffrey Alice says 24. I actually think these are answers from the previous. And it keeps going down. Did anyone, does anyone know what the winning time was for the women? Um... Jen Triangle thinks it was a, a 2.22 that was a winning time for the women. But Manor Runs had the correct answer, at least as far as I know. I looked at the results of the day, today, and I thought the, the correct answer is also 42 for the men and for the women. The standards that they picked, either by great coincidence or the people that picked the standards really know what they're doing. I think it's coincidence. But you would have gotten 42nd place. In either race. 
Yeah, gender run triangle says 222 something one and 225 something podiumed. That was, that was a pretty good guess by me. Terry wants to know, shoe question, do you have the endorsement speed for and pro for for review? I do not. So I'll probably just have to wait to go buy them. All right. Question number three. Let's talk about the half now. Who is in first place at the half for the women? Now, both for the men and the women, there were big packs coming through, through a lot of the race. And at the half marathon mark, there was a big pack. But who was, at least according to the leaderboards, the leader for the women at the half? Mm, looks like we got a good, the right answer already. Kevin thinks it might have been Betsy. Mark thinks Dakota. Mark's just going to vote for the Minnesotan every single time, I think. Uh, Frank, Frank th thinks it was Sarah Hall. And um, Danny Ren says Fiona was. But technically, on the rtrt.me, like the tracker, uh, Rob DiGennaro had it first. Kira. Kira was listed at first, but there was a pack of about 11 or 12 women coming through the half together. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild to see those packs come through, and it's just like so. One of the the one problem that I had, and you'll see it. I, I'm almost done with the runners' weekend video, but you'll hear it when um, you get to watch the video. Um, there's a point where the women's lead pack is running by, and there's so many runners that I recognize and who I've met before and spoken with before that I'm just yelling out names, and I can't. I'm like. Uh, I can't even see because I'm trying not to fall. I'm trying to keep up with the pack. Try not to drop a camera. And I'm just trying to even identify who's in the pack. Um, and just yelling out na as many names as I can as fast as I can. It was pretty fun. Daniel Koo says, quick question. What are your thoughts on the comparison of the Endorphin Elite and the CLX1? Which one do you like more and why? I don't know what you mean by the comparison of the Endorphin Elite or the CLX1. I don't know if you're referring to, am I, do you want me to respond to someone else's comparison? I haven't seen it. I don't really find the two shoes to be all that similar. They feel very different, mainly because of the, there's very different foams, very different plates, and very different weights. And they fit very differently. So they're both big shoes, but I don't think they're very similar at all. All right, Zach Jane wants to know who led the men's most of the time, right? And that's true. Panning led for most of the men's. But who was technically, according to rtrt.me, who was number one? That's the next question. Who was leading the men at the half marathon point? Let me double check my notes here. Um, where do I put those notes? Any thoughts? Any thoughts on who was leading? <laughs> Kevin says it was Drew Whitcomb. <laughs> that was funny. Drew did some running on that day. Uh, Mark thinks it's got to be Panning. Sue thinks it's Manning. Kind of thinks it's Zach Penny. And that is correct. But he also was in a pack of about nine or ten guys um, that was running that race. I don't know. I think, I think for Zach Panning, I just feel like Either he ran the smartest race he could have ran that day, given that he did so well in Budapest on an even hotter day, or 
he should have run a smarter race and let someone else lead the way for a little bit longer, do, do a little bit more of the heavy lifting up front. It's hard, it's, I mean, it's hard to say, I mean, you know. Lala pieces. what happened to Chalimo? He dropped out right in front of me. Like, he started walking when I saw him. Not because he saw me, but like, so there's a, there's a part, I don't know if you've seen my reel, where I have a, a clip of Chalimo, and he's like looking over his shoulder to see someone who's behind me in the reel that I made for the men's marathon trials. Four seconds after that, he starts walking, and he steps off the course. I don't know what happened to him. He he wasn't he wasn't he started off like out of the gate. He was in the front, right? But then by the time I saw him at mile nine for the first time after that, he was in a far far chase pack. And then when I saw him again at mile whatever eight miles after that seventeen, I think he he DNF'd at that point. Daniel Stray says he saw Kofuzi. Now we know why Chalumo dropped out. <laughs> uh, Shannon says, did you see CJ's poem-like recap? Really love seeing a softer side of CJ. I did not see the, the poem-like recap. Interesting. See, man, spreading the rumor now that it's because of me that Chalumo dropped out. You know what's amazing? Um, I saw um, Abdi after he dropped out at some point. I'm trying to think. I just saw the footage because I'm, you know, I'm editing the footage now, and I just saw it. A footage of him like just standing on the sidelines of the course after he dropped out. He was just he was just hanging out, and uh, someone has a photo of him. Someone gave him a Corona or something like. Someone gave him a beer, and he's standing on during the race. He's standing on the sidelines watching the race and just drinking a beer. It's super funny. Drew and I ran into him later after the race. He's walking down the street, middle of the street, eating a banana. And we go up and give him a little fist bump. He was like, how's it going, Abdi? I've met him a couple of times before. And um, so we, I don't know if he remembered me, but we've talked before. And I was like, you doing, all, you doing okay? Do you need help or anything? He's like, no, I'm fine. You know, um, you know, if there's another race, I maybe don't DNF, but like, what do I need like a 10th place finish for? You know, he's like, doesn't do me any good. So when I knew I couldn't get into third, you know, I decided to call it a day. And he's just like... I just felt like it was like the grumpy old man answer to it. He's like, what am I going to do this for? I don't need this. Uh, but he was just having a good day. I think he was, he was in a surprisingly good mood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are so funny. And uh, Randy Randy Kafaro says, congrats to Sarah Hall. I believe it's a master's record. I think you're right. I think it was. Hmm. Frank says, you know, I feel like if I saw Co filming me, I would make myself jog another 500 feet. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, Steve McKellar says, what's the backstory with you and Dina? Where'd you meet her before? I've met her a couple of times. The first time I met her was at the running event, and it was super awkward. I have a collection of awkward first time meeting professional runner stories. She, One of them is hers. But there was another, the year that ASICS had the... Um, me do the Kafuzi world tour. It wasn't a world tour, it was the US tour, but it was ahead of the um, the world championships in Eugene. Um, I was doing like a multi-city tour and one of the places I went was Mammoth Lakes. And so I went there for 4th of July to go check out the, um, they do a freedom mile. So a mile at like, you start at like 6,500 feet and you drop 600 feet in a mile, it's pretty crazy. 
Um, still a long burner because there's no oxygen up there for me anyway. That was a tough race. Um, but I got to spend a lot of time with her there. And since then, I've just seen her, like I saw her in Eugene. I've bumped into, you know, so I, now I talk to her like when I see her at TRE or I see her at Chicago. So we've met a couple times now. Yeah, Gen General Triangle says like, oh, I didn't, I hadn't realized Abdi ended up DNFing. This is how the coverage could have been better. They didn't cover the drops well, except when Betsy stopped. I think it's hard for them to cover the stops well because when they stop, then there's no camera there anymore, you know. And so, uh, yeah, like I, yeah, like they happened to have the cameras on Betsy when she came off the course. This is what I understand. But like, I don't know that like if you're in if you're two chase packs back, no one has a camera on you. So no one really knows when you DNF'd unless like they've, you've gotten to an aid station and they marked you as a DNF, you know, or if after like 10 minutes after you should have crossed a timing mat, you're still not there, then they know. But I mean, that's, that's kind of it. That's the hard part. Frank wants to know, where did Alephine drop? She knew she wasn't going to finish when she started. I saw her as far as nine miles, and then I didn't see her after that. So sometime after nine miles. When I saw her, she was with, um, I think, she, yeah, she was with Kellen Taylor, Sarah Vaughn, Alephine, and one other runner were together in like the third or fourth chase pack back. They were pretty far back. Mark Peterson says, I'm really bad at knowing pro runners' faces. When I arrived at the Tracksmith pool party, I saw a table of four guys, two of which I knew I was supposed to know. Late I realized Bernard Lagat. <laughs> I don't know that I'll be able to pick Bernard Lagat out of a lineup, though. That's so funny. I don't know. I'm just at this party and two dudes are there. Turns out it was Bernard Lagat. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Uh, mm. C10 fan wants to know when does a marathon trial video come out? It's going to come out later today. Good thing is, wait, what's today? Today's is it today's Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. Oh, so I got I got to take my daughter to. She's climbing practice today, but the internet there is good. I should be able to finish it by then. I think I'm done with all the voiceovers that I need to do. I think I need to do maybe 30 minutes an hour more work, but I got an interview after this. Someone's interviewing me, and then I got to get my daughter to, she has gymnast. Oh, the daughter has gymnast. So I got stuff I got to do this afternoon, but it's really close. I know it's taking too long. It's kind of late, but it'll be there soon. All right, let's get to another question. Uh, speaking of all these DNFs, how many women's DNFs were there? Any thoughts on that? I told you that there were, already I mentioned it, there were 117 women's finishers and there were 150 men's finishers. How many women's, and then the next question is going to be men's DNFs, but how many women's DNFs do you think there were? Let's answer that one first. Um, okay. Matthias says 33, Daniel says 10, Dan Hebron says 23. See who's got it closest without going over. Mm. 
so far, without looking further, it's Eliza's the closest with 13. The actual number was 17 DNFs for the women, which I thought was pretty um, surprising. I thought it would be more than that. Um, and Mark was like, I hope it's 42. Again. Can you imagine if it's just 42 over and over again? That would be really weird. All right, let's, same question, but uh, let's ask it for the men. How many men's DNFs were there? Do you think there were more men's DNFs than women's DNFs? There were more men com competitors this year. Spence thinks it was 42 men. <laughs> um, and let's see. Uh, yeah, Cosmic Pinal Michael says, how many DNSs? That's a good question. It's a harder one to figure out. I can think of like three from the women, but I'm not sure how many from the men. Um, all right. <laughs> Frank says, imagine if you're a skinny black person outside on the weekend of a marathon majors, people would just photograph you just in case you might be famous. I felt like that happened in Eugene a lot to people. Um, because there could be people from all over the world. And it's, it's harder to know. A lot of that happened. Um, okay, let's see. What's the number? All right, let's see who got closest. Dan Hebron says, Herbon says 23. JC says 14. Ty Sventus says 27. I think Cobalt Blue had it closest. I mean, I'm sure one of you guys had it exactly, but without going through all the numbers, 21 was the official number of DNFs from the men's side. I'd say the most notable DNF from the women was probably Kira. Betsy also. Those are big ones. From the men's side, I think it would probably the most notable one would probably be um, Scott Fobble. You know? Um, Jeffrey Alas says, now that the marathon trial is over, when is the New Balance SE Elite version four review release? Hopefully Thursday. We'll see. I got a lot of work to do between now and Thursday. It might be Friday. I'm, tar I'm targeting Thursday. It's the next one up in the queue. Um, And Matthias says, you know, 21 is not bad of a number. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a ton. It seemed like a lot of people were dropping out at the mo in the moment, you know? But then, like, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, I guess this doesn't feel like that many drops. Uh, Matthias says, have you already received a pick of the Mach 6s? I saw them at TRE. I think, I thought I filmed them. I thought I put them in the video. Um... Uh, Run Tommy says, you know what? 21 DNFs is 42 legs dropping out. <laughs> I like that a lot. That it's true. 20, it's 42, exactly. And Zach James says, did Galen up DNF or just drop off hard? He dropped off hard. He finished. Let me see. I have it in my video somewhere here and here. Um, where he came in. Let's see. Uh, sorry, it's making a lot of noise. He came in 16th. So that's, yeah. yeah you guys figured that out too. Uh, but yeah, I saw, I, I, I didn't see him hardly all race. I saw him at the start line. I don't recall seeing him throughout the race, but I saw him come through in the finishing shoot, you know? So, yeah. Mm, Nate Rodriguez says, Co, how are you liking the Rebel? Left side of the wall, 
is a good thing, right? Means you still want to keep running in it. No, I mean th this side. Wait, this side. This side means I'm still running in it. I'm still testing it. It doesn't mean I like it or not. Yeah, I mean I reviewed it, and I said it was going to be one of the best daily trainers of the year. Um, and then I had a lot of other things to say about it afterwards, um, which I think could be cut and pasted to probably about four or five also really good shoes this year and last year. Um, yeah, I wore it all weekend. It was a good shoe. This isn't the only shoe I wore all weekend, but it was good. Mm, all right. Mm, yeah, Randy Kofaro Kofar says, get a chance to watch a Doesn't Care podcast after the race. It's hilarious. It's done in a bar. I thought that was pretty... I started watching it today during lunch. I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. Um, side note, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see um, the interview that I got to do with um, Clayton Young right after the race. It was pretty much the longest conversation I ever had with him. I've met him like four or five times. He always runs Falmouth Road Race, and I always kind of see him and give him a wave. And I think we've connected on a couple of other times at other races and stuff before, but that was a long, it was a four minute conversation. It was the longest conversation I had with him by far. I didn't know that I was going to get a chance to interview him. I didn't know he was going to be there at where I was at that day. But um, Drew was like, oh, hey, some of the ASICs people told us to come over to this uh, ASICs after party. So I'm like, okay, great. Um, and then like we get there. It's open bar, which is nice. And then Nico Montanus comes in. And uh, he's saying a couple of things to the crowd that's there. And it was pretty nice. Um, he had a really not, a lot of really nice things to say. I, I love that kid. It's easy to root for him. And um, then I think that's I, I'm thinking that you know that's it for the festivities for the day. And then later, then Clayton Young comes in. Everyone cheers for him at the bar as well. Really fun. He says a couple of words too. And then I think that's it. You know, and I'm like, all right, back to open bar time. Everyone's just socializing, hanging out. Then I notice that. Sidious Mag is outside. They've got all their microphones set up and they've got like four people interviewing me at the same time. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. So I'm just kind of like peering through the window, like watching, just, you know, having a good time. And then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, you want to interview him next? I'm like, what? I've been here for two hours. You can't do that. You can't do that to me after it's been open bar for two hours. But I was like, okay, let me get, you know, give me, give me a couple of minutes. I, I'm going to make it short because... I can't go long. I don't have any, I didn't know how to cameras. I didn't have any cameras with me. I just had my phone. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Estrella says, well, you know what? That was a good interview, Kyle. I think you're the only one who had the dad family angle interview. Um, well, I, going into it, I knew that that was important for him as well, but he had also spoken in front of the group before and mentioned that, you know, it was really important. I wanted to dig into it a little bit further. Um, and so like it, it worked out really well. So I got, I got, I got, I got, I got lucky and I had some help, you know, <laughs> uh, Suan says good interview questions. Go. Thanks. I mean, I'd, I'd like to talk to him more in, in detail coming up and I've, I'd like to go out there and kind of see the training group. Like with Hobbs is there, Clayton, Connor, see, like, I'd like, I know it's difficult because there's multiple brands that are involved there and stuff, but, um, I'd like to get just more insight into that and like coach Eyestone and like that whole dynamic. I'm not sure I'm quite talented enough of a storyteller to tell all those different moving parts of the story, but I'd like to kind of try and try and, and dig at it a little bit, you know? Mm. 
Spence Ohm says, uh, Cole, what are the Everide Speed 2 from ASICs? Are they non-carbon fiber plate magic speeds? The Everide Speed is an update to the Evil Ride. Because there was the Evil Ride, did it go to the, did it go to three? It was like Evil Ride, Glide Ride, remember? Those were two shoes. And then Evil Ride 3 became Evil Ride Speed. I think it just got taller. Um, so it's basically Evil Ride, Evil Ride and the Noosa Tri are basically the same sh midsole. They just have a different upper. The Noosa is made with an upper that's built for triathlon and intended to be worn barefoot. And so then that's how, a good way to think of what the Evil Ride is and the Evil Ride Speed 2. I'm not familiar with it. Um, it's an update to the Evil Ride Speed 1. That's as much as I can tell, tell you, but it's not just a non-plated magic speed. It's a little bit different than that. Gender and Triangle says, um, a lot of talk about the men's rankings after this. When do those get updated? Do you know? Fobble was highest ranked American male last I checked, but not sure how much this race for others moved that. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, is there a, I, I don't understand. I've listened to so many discussions on like how to make the team and the unlocking of the spots and all that kind of stuff. And I don't understand it. I, I think that there's a way to get in through a 2.11.30 and rankings. And I'm just like, if you make the American team in number three and you ran in 2.11.30, shouldn't that just automatically get you into the rankings? Like, can we just fudge the numbers a little bit and let that person go? Can we let Leonard Career go, please? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how it worked. Last year, I thought that they had turned the American men's race into a gold label race. And so it didn't matter if people had the standard or not, uh, or if they got it during that race or not. You know, I guess that didn't happen this year, or maybe they don't do that anymore. I'm not sure. I just don't know how any of that stuff works. You know? Martha says the system is Byzantine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I just don't know how any of it works. All right. Here's the last question for the trivia today. And we're going to go back to Dakota Lindworm Strava for this one. Okay. We've talked a lot today about DNFs and the reason for it was a lot of it was the heat and the conditions on the course today. According to Dakota Lindworm Strava, what was the race temp for the marathon trials? Bonus points if you get the humidity percentage as well. Mm, you guys are not going to guess it. It's you're not going to guess it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, let's go down. Runtime, he says it was forty. Imagine if it was forty-two degrees. <laughs> Because that's a that's a very possible number. Very possible number. Uh, Calvin Hong says 69. Nice. Uh, Matthias Ventus says 57. Uh, General Triangle says 71. Frank says 66. Daniel says 70 degrees Fahrenheit. The official temp, according to Dakota Lindworm's Strava, was that it was 59 degrees Fahrenheit with 62% humidity. Now, like, I know, like, the way it works for Strava, because it, it was a two and a half or almost a two and a half hour activity for her. And so, like, it start like, the ending temperature was going to be very different than the starting temperature. But, like, I was there, you know, like, standing on the start line, just standing there in shorts and a T-shirt. 
And like 59 degrees is probably still comfy in shorts and a t-shirt. But like it was not 59 degrees and 62% humidity. Like there's just no way. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin was there. He goes, it felt way warmer. It definitely did, especially in the heat, in, in the sun. Like I, I, I remember uh, I was standing at mile like 17 with Drew and the sun really, it was out the whole day. There was never a cloud in the sky. But um, there was a part where like three quarters of the street would be under sh uh, shaded and then the last quarter wouldn't be. And the runners, because of the tangents, were always running in the sun. And I was like, run in the shade, for goodness sakes. Run in the shade. It's so hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely felt warmer. And Frank says in Strava, they only give you the start temp. That's true. And maybe it was 59 degrees. I don't know if that's a measured. I don't know what watch. I don't remember what watch she said she uses on Strava, but uh, yeah. General Triangle says like, you know, they did say it was cold at the start. The women were pretty bundled up doing warmups. I mean, I got to the start line about two hours early. I probably didn't need to get there two hours early, but I'm glad I did get there ultimately when I did. And I remember not standing in the shade and I was standing specifically in the sunshine because I was chilly. But um, I mean, once that race started, though, it got hot. I, I, here's, here's the thing. Everyone was like, you know what? It's not a noon start. They're starting at 10. They didn't start at 10. The broadcast started at 10. The men didn't start till 10, 10. The women didn't start till 10, 20. So if you think about that two hours and 25 minutes that it took Dakota Linworm to get third place, she didn't finish till 1230. You know, a lot of the women didn't finish closer till one o'clock in the afternoon. So it was, it was, it was warm. I was one of the people that was like, the weather's not going to be that, it'll be a factor, but it's not going to be that big a deal. And I think I'd like to say that's what it was, but I remember I, I was saying on the video that I could tell people were being affected by the heat when I saw them at mile nine, you know? And Dan Herbon says, won't it be hot in Paris? It certainly will. It certainly will. Um, but, you know, just because they're going to have a hot race there doesn't mean that we have to subject the athletes to something that's equally hot to determine who's a good hot weather runner, if we can avoid it, because it could be dangerous. You know, that's all. And Jen says, Jen thinks that, you know what, if they had started at noon, Des might have had made the team. She runs the Sufferfest races smart. I mean, that's true, but other runners who run hot races well were Betsy Santa. She ran Gold, Gold Coast Marathon. She won, was it City Marathon this year? It was like 82 degrees at the finish. Lindsay Flanagan ran well in Budapest. Uh, that race was in the 80s. It was so, I couldn't even stand at the finish line. It was just so hot. I felt like my feet were melting into the asphalt. Um, so there's a lot of other runners that have run really good hot races recently um that also didn't fare as well so who knows who knows hmm. and randy Cafaro says i heard the runners say i heard someone say that the road had a slight crown it was slanted maybe that's why they run in the middle here's the thing i ran on those streets and they weren't it wasn't a crown it was a three-lane road the middle lane was flat and the far, like the left and right lanes were were slanted the sunshine 
and the tangent were on the slanted lane. So if you wanted to run on flat, you would have been in the shade, you know. So that's the thing. Uh, all right. 308 Bar has a uh, shoe question. Thoughts on using carbon plated shoe like the Endorphin Pro 3 with exposed outsole on gravel paths with mixed rock sizes, good or bad for the carbon, got a marathon plan, but it's all on gravel. I think it depends on the nature of the gravel. If it's like light at the end of the tunnel, it'll be fine because it's mostly buffed out road. It's not actually like gravel. Although I think the first mile you run into like a parking lot and it's gravel, like a bed of rocks, you know, uh, unless they've changed the start um, or the parking lot. Uh, but I think it depends on how mixed are the rocks and what are the mo uh, what are the rock sizes. But like um, the Overmo three, I think it'll be pretty fine um, for a race. But again, it's like there's the limiting factor is like not whether the foam is exposed is whether you'd want to have a carbon plated racing shoe at all. If the terrain is such that you're not you wouldn't want any carbon plated shoe then whether it's exposed or not is moot but if it's a soft surface race like light at the end of the tunnel where it's like fire roads or cheap roads then you're probably going to be fine all right Matisse Svensis says, yeah, you know, optim if you make optimal conditions of the trials and if you make the team, it's up to you to find conditions similar to the Olympic site. I think so. But like, you know, the counterpoint to that is like if you had, you know, the, like Paris is going to the I thought the more relevant complaint about Orlando was that it was a flat course and Paris is going to be a hilly course. And so um, the type of of person like people can do some heat adjustments to to heat but and, and there are going to be some that are heat running as a strength like i've talked to um emma bates about it she's corrected me on it before because i've i've suggested in a question that i'm like oh so you're a really good heat runner are you looking forward to xyz race you know she's like no 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 it's not that i i like being in the heat I tend to do well in the heat. So let's like separate those two ideas out. <laughs> She's like, I, I suffer like everybody else, but I've, I've been able to have success in heat. Um, but I think that like, so there, that's certainly an aspect, but I think that there is a bigger difference between someone that can run flat, fast time trial type races and someone that can run a hilly course like a New York or like a Boston really well. I think those are two different, completely different types of runners. And so I feel like that is the the more relevant argument to me, you know. Um, but you know, there were only two takers for host cities, Chattanooga and, and Orlando. Chattanooga would have been hilly. It wouldn't have been as hot though. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? But yeah. Mm. Uh, Mill Urania says, hey, Co, what shoe would you recommend for a four-hour marathon? I think I want to try the CLX one. I think at four hours, you could still go with like the carbon, plate, carbon fiber plated shoes. I'm not really changing the recommendations all that much for you. So a lot of it's going to come down to preference and, and what you like. If you try the CLX one, one on and you think that you like it, I say go for it. I think it's a good shoe. I think people are going to have pretty strong opinions about it and... I think a lot of them are 
it's, it's a little heavy. That's the only thing. But especially at four hours, if it's you're at four hours, you're starting to think about comfort as much as you are about carbon. Um, but yeah. So I don't, no, no, my opinions really don't change at four hours. Mm. Matthias thinks Chattanooga was not the move. I don't know. I feel like um, Orlando was a great horse host city. I'm not going to take anything away from Orlando. I'm like, maybe Chattanooga could try another time because I think that would be, I, I, I don't know anything about Chattanooga, but I'd be concerned about it being able to ho hold enough people um, for, for the same reason, like if they did, I don't know why, like every time there's an event at Eugene, everyone talks about how hard it is to get a hotel there. I'm like, why? I don't understand. Because University of Oregon's there, like they don't have graduation weekend every year. So like, why do they, why is hotels a problem? But um, that would be a concern for me and just how difficult it could be to get there for a lot of people. Um, but I'd like to see them try. You know, I think they made a really good argument saying that like, you know, like, we're not, they're like, Chattanooga's never going to get an Olympics. But if we got this, we would certainly treat it like one. And I'm like, I like that. I like that mentality. Tony says Chattanooga hosts an Ironman. So they can host an Ironman. I think they could host, they could certainly host. Yeah, they definitely could. Is that the, is, is Chattanooga the city that has a marathon that has seven bridges? It's like super hilly. Hmm. Mm hmm. Zach James says, like, oh, how much did the NFL All-Star Weekend affect the trials? I don't, I didn't see anyone that was in Orlando for the Pro Bowl, personally. I saw a lot of people in, most of my hotel was filled with um, teenagers, like young teenagers playing competitive travel sports in tournaments with their families. That most of my, my flight was mostly those kids and my hotel was mostly those kids and their families. Um, I saw, I think my hotel had maybe like four or five other runners there. Um, so like, that's what I saw in Orlando. I, I didn't really get a sense that the Pro Bowl was doing anything. Back, and maybe I just had the wrong hotel, you know? Mm, Carmedis, Comrade, Comrade Rieko. I think that's how I said that. Comrade Rieko says, uh, I'm glad Orlando got to host. It was wondering having something so fabulous in our backyard. We also have a great airport that people could drop in from wherever. The airport was very well organized and we got there very quickly. It being Orlando though, there are way more families than I've ever seen, you know, any and any time I go to Orlando, um, especially with my own family. Um, there's always more families at the airport than ever. But yeah. Mark says, uh, good to see you again, Mark. He says, it was Megacon in Orlando as well this past week. Man, they just, were, those will stack events on top of each other, I guess. That's pretty cool. Mm. B-Duck says, the Pro Bowl crowd seemed to be more locals and the trials seemed to be more out-of-town travelers. Maybe that's why we didn't mix, you know, like we weren't going to any of the local spots. Calvin says, who's taller, Drew or Matt B? I think Drew is a little bit taller. Although I haven't put them, I should put them back to back next time. Matt B is very tall. He's very tall. Yeah. Stevie 76 says, next year, the Olympic trails are going to be on treadmills with runners wearing Apple Vision Pros. 
it's funny. There's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be so much chafing. I heard the battery pack's really heavy. You know. <laughs> Lollipop wants to know if I have a favorite Pokemon. I don't. I never really got into Pokemon when it was like first popular. I got into Pokemon when Pokemon Go came out. Like my more kid, my kids were into Pokemon Go. I think my favorite one is Jigglypuff. Is he the one that makes everyone fall asleep and then draws on their face with markers? That's my favorite one. Because why wouldn't that be the favorite one? <laughs> uh, Shannon thinks that Matt B looks taller. I don't know. Is Drew here? I'm Because I feel like that's something that tall dudes discuss. I wouldn't know because I'm not a tall dude. But I feel like when tall dudes get together, I feel like, there's like a sizing up and there's like a, I'm tall, you're tall. How tall are you? You know, I feel like, I bet, I bet you they know. I bet you they know. <laughs> Matt says, what's going on, Matt? He says, crazy, I'm playing a lot of Pokemon Go with my kids right now. I guess it was out of style and now it's back. Is it back? Mm. You know what? Uh, you can always tell. Uh, when someone's playing Pokemon Go, because they've got like the, their pants are weighed down with like a giant battery pack, and their phone's still plugged into it, you know, that's how I know someone's playing. Not just the battery pack, but like there's a there's a walk, there's a walk that you see whenever you see people do that, you know. Mm. Shannon says she saw both of them. Did you see them sending? Did they ever stand next to each other? I feel like that could also be another tall guy move. You know, like we're both tall that's that's settled so you be tall over there i'll be tall over here and, and then we won't have to declare a winner <laughs> i don't think tall people actually do that but yeah mm, i'm not now i'm gonna have to message them because i bet you they have talked about it um because now i want it now i want to know Andrew Scott says, I, I used to run with a guy that held his phone out during long runs so he could play Pokemon Go. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like it would make a lot more sense for people on bikes because then you just mount your phone to your bike and it's a lot less jostling than when you're running. You know what I mean? That's what I think. And Calvin says, regardless, FOD runner towers above us all. Is, is he that tall? I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever met him in person, you know? Frank LaHulier wants to know, uh, is the Donna race usually big or did a lot more people do it because of the trials? I think it's usually pretty big. I think it's a pretty big event. Andrew Scott says, all this talk about Pokemon Go is great until you get to hear Pokemon lore for 14 miles. <laughs> um, Stevie76 says, Andy FOD runner is six foot six. That's what Drew, that's how tall Drew is. I think he's also 6'6". Six, six. But you know what? They could all just be lying to us. I wouldn't be. I don't have anywhere of verifying. I can't reach. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I just think I, I'll, I'll just agree with them. You know? Um, Shannon says that though she was at Donna and she thought it was, it was a lot smaller than she thought it was going to be. Ever since the one year when they the whole bunch of people went and it was like rain, it was like a torrential downpour. Ever since that year, I'm like, no thanks, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to do that. <sighs> Frankel Hulery says there's a surprisingly large number of people who jog with their phone in their hand for no reason. Um, 
Ed Goddard, the runner out of out of Australia, always runs with his phone in his hand. And, and not at races, of course, but he always runs, he even runs workouts with his phone in his hand and he'll play music from his phone. Um, I asked him why he doesn't wear just put in earbuds or do something else so that he could put the phone away. And he's like, I just gotten used to it at this point. So he just always runs with a phone in his hand the whole time. He doesn't take, it's not like he's taking videos of himself or, or anything. He just wants to hear the music and wants to hold onto the phone in his hand. That's how he does it. Mm-hmm. Shannon says Co claims five ten, even though we give him six feet. No, I mean maybe with maybe with super shoes on, I'm six feet tall. I don't think I'm that tall. I was five. I was five ten the last time I was like measured by a doctor, and that was years ago. So I'm sure I've shrank a little bit by then. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's going to be a good place to end up for today. I got to get ready for an interview in a couple minutes, guys. Hopefully the trials runners weekend video will come out. I made it extra long for you guys. Normally I try to make them as short as possible. This time I just I just kept throwing all the footage in because I figured you guys would probably like it. It's for you guys. It's not for anybody else. You know, you know what I mean? People that are like, I really would like a tight 12 minutes, they're not gonna like it. It's it's gonna be a lot longer than that. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I did a lot more talking in it. And hopefully I'll be able to get it out today. Um, so you guys can watch that today and then I'll see you guys again tomorrow. We'll do, I got a whole bunch of stuff at the PO box while I was gone. So I'll pick one of them and we'll do an unboxing. All right. Okay. Uh, until I see you guys again, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.